This is Chapter Eleven of Mark Twain: His Life and Work, a biographical sketch by William M. Clemens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven, As a Businessman, read by John Greenman. A million copies of Mark Twain's books have been sold in this country. England and her colonies have taken half as many more, and the larger works have been translated into German, French, Italian, Norwegian, and Danish. Innocents Abroad, Roughing It, The Gilded Age, and A Tramp Abroad were published by the American Publishing Company of Hartford. The Stolen White Elephant appeared from the presses of Osgood of Boston. The humorist has often said that if he were to live his life over again, he would publish his own books and act as his own business manager, thus securing a larger share of the profits arising from the sale of his works. The manuscript of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn was completed in March 1884, but owing to complications and differences with the publishers, it did not appear until the following year. Although a prospectus of the story was sent out and the opening chapter published in the Century magazine. When the book was completed, Mr. Clemens made a proposition in regard to its publication to the American Publishing Company. From the sale of his earlier works, this firm had made for itself reputation and wealth. Mark Twain, on his side, received royalties amounting in all to over $400,000 when huckleberry finn the sequel to tom sawyer was completed he again made them a proposition negotiations were commenced but never completed the parties could not agree upon terms he was offered liberal royalties but refused to accept them the final offer was that the profits should be equally divided each of the parties to receive fifty per cent of the proceeds from the sale of the new book this proposition was not satisfactory to the author, who wanted sixty per cent of the profits. The company refused to accept the offer, and Mr. Clemens determined to at once combine the business of publisher with that of author. He had great confidence in the business ability of his nephew, Charles L. Webster of Fredonia, New York. With him he formed a partnership, and Huckleberry Finn appeared bearing the imprint of Charles L. Webster and Company. The result was watched with interest by literary men and publishers all over the world. Huckleberry Finn netted the author a profit of nearly $100,000. Mr. Webster died a few years since, but the firm name remains unchanged. Upon his earlier books, Mark received upwards of $30,000 per year for a number of years. Tom Sawyer sold better than any of his books excepting Innocence Abroad, when the Gilded Age was dramatized and placed on the stage by John T. Raymond, it proved a gold mine for the fortunate author. In one year, Raymond paid Mark over $70,000 in royalties. He never dabbled in Wall Street stocks, although he knew whether Union Pacific or Western Union were up or down and why. His most unfortunate investment was in the stock of an accident insurance company where he had invested fifty thousand dollars but luckily he saved his money from the wreck his wife had a large fortune in her own right but so far as mark twain was concerned she might have been penniless for he insisted that her property be settled upon herself and managed for her interest exclusively he has made his own fortune in his own way 
and has never had to borrow a cent from any one in his business investments since the innocents began to coin money for him the firm of charles l webster and company have published many books in addition to those written by mark twain the profits in the memoirs of general grant and those of the pope were enormous in eighteen eighty four when he read from his own works with george w cable his share of the net profits was thirty thousand dollars he invented mark twain's scrapbook which made a fortune for the publishers nearly a million copies have been sold and his profits amount to one hundred thousand dollars he also invented a notebook all notebooks that he could buy had the vicious habit of opening at the wrong place and distracting attention in that way so by a simple contrivance he arranged one that always opens at the right place that is of course at the page last written upon other simple inventions of mark twain's include a vest which enables the wearer to dispense with suspenders a shirt with collars and cuffs attached which requires neither buttons nor studs a perpetual calendar watch charm which gives the day of the week and of the month and a game whereby people may play historical dates and events upon a board somewhat after the manner of cribbage being a game whose office is twofold to furnish the dates and events and to impress them permanently upon the memory he is a literary midas everything he has touched has turned to gold not from luck but from hard work and with an eye to business in order to obtain the grant memoirs for publication he made terms with the grant family which other publishers did not dare to make as twain said they did not appreciate the magnitude of the occasion. After he had become a businessman and a millionaire, he was elected an honorary member of the Concord, Massachusetts Free Trade Club, and in acknowledging the compliment wrote to the secretary as follows. It does look as if Massachusetts were in a fair way to embarrass me with kindnesses this year. In the first place, a massachusetts judge has just decided in open court that a boston publisher may sell not only his own property in a free and unfettered way but also may as freely sell property which does not belong to him but to me property which he has not bought and which i have not sold under this ruling i am now advertising that judge's homestead for sale and if i make as good a sum out of it as i expect i shall go on and sell out the rest of his property in the next place a committee of the public library of your town have condemned and excommunicated my last book and doubled its sale and finally the free trade club of concord comes forward and adds to the splendid burden of obligations already conferred upon me by the commonwealth of massachusetts an honorary membership which is worth more than all the rest just at this juncture uh, since it endorses me as 
worthy to associate with certain gentlemen whom even the moral icebergs of the concord library committee are bound to respect may the great commonwealth of massachusetts endure forever is the heartfelt prayer of one who long a recipient of her mere general goodwill is proud to realize that he is at last become her pet mr clemens has been so busily engaged during the later years of his life that necessarily his book-work and his personal correspondence have suffered he failed to answer a letter written by sergeant ballantyne the english author after waiting a reasonable time the latter was so exasperated at not receiving an answer that he mailed mark a sheet of paper and a postage stamp as a gentle reminder mr clemens wrote back on the postal card paper and stamp received please send envelope today in healthful middle age samuel l clemens is reaping the fruits of a long and varied career he has been a printer steamboat pilot private secretary miner reporter lecturer inventor author publisher and capitalist he is one of the few living persons with a truly world-wide reputation as miss gilder has truthfully and wittily remarked unless the excellent gentlemen engaged in revising the scriptures should claim the authorship of their work there is no other living writer whose books are now so widely read as mark twain's and it may not be out of the way to add that in more than one pious household the innocence abroad is laid beside the family bible and referred to as a handbook of holy land description and narrative end of chapter eleven read by john greenman